0: and gentlemen and welcome to the let me repeat the rock and roll podcast check out this record my name is frank and with me is my good buddy mark hey,
1: frank. hello listeners
0: <laughs> you can find us on spotify and apple podcast
1: that's right new episodes drip and drop every friday
0: they do they do for any new listeners out there this is the podcast where mark and i recommend albums to each other we review them we have a wide variety of musical discussions like our spotlight series where we dig into a band's catalog and we see what comes out on the other side
1: yeah or in our verse series we'll pit two albums against each other and make them duke it out for total stereo
0: domination yes so epic so epic and make sure to check out our instagram and now our new facebook group we'd like to drop additional content there that will hopefully leave you wanting more of our musical goodness and of course mark's random nonsense that's true (laughs) and if you got a record that you want us to check out drop us a comment wherever you find us while you're at it subscribe give us a review and a rating while you're at it so of course i always say this mark how are you my man Ricky. So I uh, I blew out
1: the speakers, or at least I think I blew out the speakers in my car listening to Motorhead a few weeks ago. Nice. Um, so with this week's challenge, I had to um, I had to really put on the headphones and listen to it consistently throughout the week, really on my headphones, and it yeah, you know, it was nice. Um, otherwise, I'm good. How uh,
0: happy to be here? How are you, my man? Yeah, I'm happy to be. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm a little taco drunk,
0: I'm not going to lie to you. Nice, and I had tacos earlier too, we were just discussing this. So, you know, our our universes for food aligned tonight very well, and I'm happy to be here as well, and of course, the challenge that Mark is talking about. So anyway, of course, I'm happy that you're happy, you're happy, I'm happy. We last left off on last week's episode, where I said I created a Spotify playlist, which I'll put in our notes so everyone could see uh, for for Mark, from those lovable brothers Gallagher, Nolan, Liam, IE, Oasis. So what I did is I picked 12 tracks that I think showcase their talents as a rock band. And I tried my best to order them and the flow that an album and the way an album will flow. Uh, so let's back things up a bit, Mark. Um, let's paint a picture for those out there for each of our experiences, impressions, and thoughts on Oasis when we first heard them. And, and what was that dynamic like from that point to, to now so let's let's talk about that a little bit
1: sure i think uh like most folks it was somewhere uh in late 1995 or 96 when uh what's the story morning glory came out uh, i was either in like the sixth or seventh grade uh and there was a huge buzz about them both on the local radio rock radio station um and the the radio station and just kind of all around people were really talking about Um, how good they were and the possibility that this was the beginning of the second British musical invasion. You know, it was a really uh, big deal having grown up in a a home with tons of Beatles playing all the time. Uh, So I was pretty excited to hear it and and see what they brought to the stereo as it were. Um, I was pretty hooked on that record. Um, I had it on compact disc
0: uh, and
1: it got pretty semi-regular rotation in, in middle school days for me. Um, you know, they, they probably did fall a little bit out of the catalog as I got into more heavy metal, as I got into more, uh, punk rock, um, to the point where I don't even remember the next album coming out, uh, a short three years later. Yep. So, um, and I think that next album was be here now. That is correct. Um, no memory of it being released. Uh, I'm not even sure, uh, I ever got around to listening to definitely maybe, I mean, I, I probably did. Definitely, maybe. Um,
0: I see what I, you did to there, and I like that. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I, I certainly don't remember any impact it had on me. Uh, as for where I am with the band now, I honestly haven't paid enough attention uh, to care about their happenings. Um, I know they're they're known for the drinking and drugging and fighting with each other, uh, and while all that's you know very rock and roll, um, I never felt like it matched with who they were as a band. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just never, I, I kind of just stopped paying attention, and never really felt there was enough to go back to. What, what about you? Where, where are you with the band? When did you get hooked? All those lovely questions you articulated to me earlier that I stumbled through.
0: <laughs> so for me, I became, listen, I became obsessed with the Beatles sophomore, junior year in high school. Um, it, was, it was all I would talk about. I, I played their songs so much that my father used to be like, "You, you have to give me a break from them in the car. I'm dreaming of these songs. I'm hearing." them in my sleep um then i saw that this band from uh england that they they said sounded like them even though they didn't they more they idolized them and i was like whoa who who are these dudes i gotta get on these guys right away um so you had these two brothers that you couldn't even understand i mean they need subtitles and they still do to this (laughs) till this day uh they're arrogant they had huge ego so uh, very egotistical and they were declaring they were the best rock and roll band and of course they were feuding feuding with the band Blur who I couldn't personally stand anyway so uh, you know that was my first impression now I didn't fall in love with tracks like Live Forever I thought it was a good song from the first album and even Wonderwall from the second album it was partly Champagne Supernova and all of Don't Look Back in Anger I was absolutely hooked on that song and Noel singing way more than Liam's. And I liked how it. the, the intro is basically Imagine, right? Basically John Lynn's Imagine. had the C to the F chord. Um, I found uh, then my way to buying a lot of their CD singles, and I was blown away by all these B-sides, way more than the actual singles. I was like, my word, these aren't even on the proper albums. And at the time, I thought they were way better. Plus, they mostly had Noel singing them, and I felt and I still feel to this day he – is and was the talent of the band. Uh, he wrote a lot of the early tunes and most of the later ones. He had a better singing voice overall, and he was way more into music. Liam had uh, a more irrigating voice, but he worked. As, as the front man and in that role He played that role exceptionally well uh, Noel played stage right on the guitar And the occasional vocals That's what he played There was the Unplugged performance in 1996 And whatever drama was going on at the time Caused Liam not to sing So Noel took over and sang all those songs And I remember my old man was like Wow, I like him singing those songs way better So lastly, to make a long story short You get into punk rock when I did And of course all of a sudden Oasis, they're not cool anymore you're like, yep, not cool, not even touching them Even though they had a similar attitude Maybe to some of the early punk guys Similarly, maybe The rock and roll version perhaps Sure You wouldn't be caught dead though Saying that you you dug them Basically at the end of the day, liking punk Then I got older And I, of course I didn't care what people thought And with regards to my musical tastes It confirmed to me that they wrote some really great songs And they impacted me greatly So yes, that was long winded mark I do apologize for that <laughs>
1: No, it's all right. But hey, that's right. We're, we're talking about a pretty well-established uh, band here. Uh, most folks are going to know yes. um, at least who we're talking about, if not like me, be completely surprised by the entire playlist you made. Um, so I, I think that's acceptable. I to, to be honest with you, I know so little that that Unplugged story Yeah. completely news to me.
0: Oh, it's a great performance. Check it out. He, he sure. does all the tunes and uh, it's a really good performance.
1: So I was doing a little research on the band this week as I was listening to the playlist you made me. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome, and I found out an interesting fact about the cover of What's the Story, Morning Glory. Frank, can you guess what that fact is?
0: You know what? The only thing is that I, I always saw this blurry image of two people walking in the streets and I thought it was the brother's. Crossing paths, but I think there's more to that If, if that is even the case
1: <laughs> So it's, it's not the brothers uh, You can google it and find out who they are That's not what's important here, literally at all um, It was just a busy street With like a really popular record store And that's why they chose that location And the producer is in the back With the the master tapes for the album Like covering his face somewhere in the background But what's interesting About this cover Is that it cost 25000 English pounds to take this fucking picture. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of cocaine, man. (laughs)
0: It's
1: a lot of cocaine. Uh, In addition, um, there's three huge singles uh, on this album, but they were actually the fourth, fifth and sixth singles released.
0: That's insane. That's insane if you think about it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, suffice to say, the record label was betting on, some might say.
0: Yep, good tune.
1: Roll With It. That's okay. And Morning Glory. Great tune. As bigger hits, more likely to draw people in than Wonderwall. (laughs) Don't Look Back in Anger. And, of course, the TNT Dressed Up as a Candle on a Birthday Cake when it comes to hit songs – champagne supernova um what the fuck the record executives actually know probably still a ton more than me
0: oh man it's an interesting story too and by the way if anyone is uh has time and wanted to check out their uh, uh supersonic which is the story on them uh the documentary i i would say go ahead and do so it's it's quite a watch um but let's do a top list my man and I didn't say top 10, because it's going to be more than a top 10. And oh, it's it? gonna Yeah. It's going to be a little different. So this is going to be the top Liam and Noel Gallagher quotes. Now, I find these to be completely, completely hysterical. And they are super, super witty. But, Mark, you're witty too, my man. Thanks, buddy. You are. And Thank I you. just want listeners to know that this is, on, this is not on the script here. So what I'm going to be no, doing no. is reading quotes. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to be listening to some here. And we're going to capture Mark's reaction to them. And Mark can either say agree, disagree, if he thinks it's funny or not funny, actually any combination of whatever he thinks. Of course, I find them funny, but I, I want Mark to hear these because I want to catch his reaction. So you ready for this, my man? Sounds like I don't really have a choice, Frank. And, and you don't, of course, okay. you don't. <laughs> so we're going to split them up. I'm going to tell you uh, who they are from. Some will be, mm-hmm. or some will. You'll have the audio clip for, uh, and then what what they are about. So here we go. This is the first one. This is from Noel. and he's talking about Jack White. He says he's like Zorro on donuts. Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that means, <laughs> right? You're um, right on
2: drugs. It, it, it.
1: <laughs> right are donuts drugs or i don't i have no idea what that could possibly mean okay
0: makes me laugh i have no idea why
1: <laughs> In, i I guess it's funny is there more to that sentence or is it just that sentence
0: no when he was asked about it he he didn't re- he likes jack white but he didn't recall saying it so i'm, I'm assuming he's on drugs oh okay Yeah. Sure. This is is Liam. This is actually relatively recent. This is on Mumford and Sons. Mm -hmm. He says, "I'm sure they're nice lads, but that's not for me. They look like effing Amish people who eat lentil soup. I need music to be a bit more sexy and played by people who look a bit effing dangerous."
1: Yeah, well, fuck you. You put up boring ass fucking rock and roll. So go (laughs) fucking suck a dick, you weirdo. Ooh, I can do more drugs than you. Fuck him. (sighs) I mean, I agree with him. Mumford and Son does look like a bunch of Amish faggots, but... That was, I shouldn't have said that, I'm sorry
0: <laughs> Well the lentil soup thing kind of really got, that was the funny part for me It's a, it's
1: a very detailed, again, with, with these guys, because neither one of them look like they eat I gotta assume whenever they say a food item, they're doing drugs
0: Yeah, there you go Because
1: go. God forbid either one of those guys keep a sandwich down
0: <laughs> As being on drugs, Noel said that if there were gold medal for taking drugs for England He would have won a shitload So that's that's a quote <laughs>
1: All right. I mean, like, what's the what's the pantheon there, though? Like, where does he think he ranks all time? Because he can't think that he's anywhere near four fifths of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> he can't be anywhere near. Uh, yeah, maybe he's close to the Who.
0: Maybe I don't know.
1: But you get, so I, I don't know. Sure. But you know <laughs> what? You were not in Black during the seventies, so you're still in the bottom fucking twenty.
0: <laughs> so we have our first audio clip here. This is also oh. Noel. He's talking about Ed Sheeran. So here we go.
2: What the f- is that? Gingivitis? Isn't that what Ed Sheeran's got? <laughs> <laughs> Ginger Fury. Yeah. He's uh honestly, what are his fucking overheads? Like two hundred dollars a night. He's got a guitar, a microphone and a fucking Divvy Looper pedal, and a tour manager. What does he want the big tour bus for? And he's a very nice guy, and he's got a heart of gold. He's got a heart of ginger, actually, but I do think his music is vastly overrated.
0: There you go. That was Noel on that Well,
2: I mean, what am I going to tell you?
1: I agree with him that his music's overrated. Um, South Park called it, wants his ginger jokes back. Like, come <laughs> on, dude. Like... <laughs> You're supposed to be this prolific songwriter. You write jokes like you're in the fourth grade. Get the fuck
0: out of here. <laughs> is it the <laughs> is it the English accent that makes these jokes better? Because I could imagine me saying that and just it not coming off very well at all.
1: Um, I mean I don't think it makes it any better that he's saying it in an English accent, but <laughs> I mean I guess it's cute. I don't know. I mean <laughs> they're so ridiculous.
0: They are. And that's the funny part of this. So now we got Liam, and this is him hey. on uh, Pearl Jam. This is him on Pearl Jam.
2: -hmm. So it's it's how you write it, you know what I mean? I'm not into writing fucking morbid music like the rest of these pricks that are playing here. they all write bollocks, you know what I mean? They're all like fucking, they're all in pain. Well, my fucking ears are in pain, fucking hearing your fucking voice, you twat. You know what I mean? You're right, you know, music should be a fucking uplifting thing, yeah? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Shouldn't be complaining and whining. No, he shouldn't be. No, I don't think so. No, and even if it's about, even if it's a sad subject, it should be a positive vibe to it. Mm-hmm.
0: So that that was specifically about Pearl Jam. How how they're how they're whining.
1: I mean, again, I'm going to agree with them that Pearl Jam sounds like a bunch of whiny bitches, but. Who the fuck are you to talk like? And it's like music should be uplifting. You sad sack of shit. Shut the fuck up. People <laughs> we'll write music about whatever they want. You fucking cock gobbling piece of shit.
2: <laughs>
0: he's he's probably the angriest person out there. So that's funny that someone like that would say it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: I mean, it's a little a little, a little hypocritical on that, right? I mean,
1: yeah, a little bit, you know. And I, I you know their catalog better than I do. I don't know that. They all have a, a wonderful uplifting tone to it i didn't I certainly didn't feel uplifted at the end of your playlist
0: no, um,
1: no not in, not in a negative way I certainly didn't feel down, but at the same time to suggest what other people are supposed to do with with the music they create well keep in mind music. his
0: brother his brother was mm-hmm. writing those songs too, so it's not like he's even writing those so right
1: well, and as you you stated, you know he writes the garbage stuff um, <laughs> you yeah, know I mean it's just so funny. Somebody who's banned that to me sounds like so many other people's bands has the balls to, to say something like, you know, and Hey, look, yes, I dislike Pearl jam and I'm more than happy to be vocal about it. And he's welcome to be, but to suggest that people should only write music that goes one way or the other is just fucking stupid. <laughs> so, so, so he, back continues. To doing some
0: he continues on, uh, on radiohead and Coldplay. He said, I yeah. heard that FN radio record and I go, what I'd like to think that what we do we do well but them writing a song about an effing tree give me a break a thousand year old tree and then he says I don't hate them this is also talking about Coldplay and Radiohead Uh, I don't wish they had accidents I think that their fans are boring and ugly and they don't look like they're having a good time that's on Radiohead and Coldplay
1: yeah I mean that's they kind of sure.
0: leave you speechless a little bit sometimes with their Yeah, that quotes.
1: one's kind of got me baffled. Like, I, just go ahead and make fun of You don't. Does he really think people buying Coldplay albums aren't buying Oasis albums? I hate to break the fucking news to you, dude. That is a very small Venn diagram, and <laughs> you, there is not a lot that doesn't lap over.
0: <laughs> this next one here this is now when they broke up shortly oh, after, yeah. and Noel is describing um, the the incident. And. Um, this to me I find funny. It's not probably you know overly funny, but uh, I'll I'll tell you. Um, he talks about a plum, the fruit here, and this is. funny. Okay. Okay. Liam
2: kind of just uh, and all that, again <laughs> and he kind of storms out of the dressing room. But on the way out, and I'm glad it never ended like this. On the way out, he picked up a plum <laughs> and he threw it across the dressing room. And it smashed against the wall. Part of, me, part of me wishes it kind of did end like that, because that would have been a great headline, you know. Plum throws plum and finishes Oasis, you know
0: what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's silly. <laughs> no,
2: goes, I have no idea what he means.
1: <laughs> did it end like that or not? Like, what is he talking about?
0: He said his brother picked up a plum and threw it and smashes against the wall, and he, that's what he wished the headline would have read. Plum throws plum and finishes Oasis. <laughs>
1: What a fucking boring insult. How are you going to be like, I'm one of the most drug do- doing Englishmen's ever. I'm so witty. I'm so clever. This is the dumbest fucking insult I've ever heard. Like.
0: <sighs> I, I, for some reason, laugh. <laughs> the could plums. they be any less rock and roll? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about plums. All right. This one, I think you'll like, this is Liam on Howard. Um, and he's talking about uh, U2. Now it's known that Noel really, really digs U2 or Bono or whatever. But uh, Liam has—there you go. Liam has a little bit of a different take on it. So here we go. That
2: I also embrace this rock and roll attitude. Listen, c- completely, man. Unless it depends what kind of band you're in. Yeah. I thought we were do I thought we were in a rock and roll band, you know what I mean? Right. I find like the likes of U2 when they call themselves a U2, uh, a rock and roll band. I find that highly fucking insulting. <laughs> you know, they play guitar music and they might, you know, and they fucking hit the drums and all that, but they're not a rock and They're a band that use guitars, you know what I mean? They've never done anything rock and roll in a fucking side life. In other words, because they're too corporate.
0: There you go. Whatever, you
1: know? Yeah, that's uh, the, I believe the French call that the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> V- venn diagrams of people who buy fucking oasis record that circle for people who buy u2 records isn't that fucking far off dude there's a lot of crossover there and is. He's is a complete fucking idiot if he doesn't think so
0: <laughs> it's his fans it's his fans right there right
1: sure i mean you're just insulting them but who knows maybe they like that shit
0: i mean maybe i mean they don't know Claims it's not insulting. Noel claims you can't like everyone and they're just speaking no! I whatever, that? whatever they're they're wanting to speak. And we have a good one coming up because this is Noel on Genesis. Now Ooh. I don't have yeah, I don't have the clip of he has a long standing feud with Phil Collins. Now I don't have the clip of that, but he has called Phil Collins the Antichrist of Music. <laughs> Sorry. All right. He's called Phil Collins the Antichrist of Music. So this is him talking about um uh, Genesis and here, hang tight. Mm-hmm. Let me, Frank's Queuing
1: up the footage.
0: I am, I am. Yeah. Well,
2: so I'm on tour, and uh, Chris Sharrock, my drummer, we were talking a little bit hazy, interesting. We we're talking about something or psychedelic songs that have fallen through the gaps of time. Have you ever heard The Conqueror by Genesis? <laughs> oh, mate. yeah, not have anything to do with Genesis, even though. I will state now for a fact that I do like Peter Gabriel and not because he's a dad at our school and I see him regularly. Right. Okay. He's a nice guy. Right, okay? yeah, yeah. And Sledgehammer is a tune, if you're listening, Peter. So then I woke up the next day and he sent me a link to a thing, The Conqueror uh, the, by Genesis, and I put it on. And that piano riff, and I'm like, what? Who's not ripped that off before? That's a disgrace. And on goes the song, and I'm like, now I will tell you, right, the first thing I did was I, Googled it, and I was like, if I think who's playing drums on this is playing drums on this, that's it. then that's it. It's over. It's allowed, because he's not playing drums
0: on it. (laughs) So that was him saying (laughs) that the early Genesis song that he liked, if he thought of who was playing drums on it was playing drums, meaning Phil Collins, then he wasn't going to like it. But because he's not playing drums on it, he liked it. And then, of course, he's the antichrist of music.
1: (laughs) Right. I mean... What do you say to these things? I mean, for for a band that sounds like garbage, like the band Garbage in parts, for a band that sounds like they're trying to steal as much from the Beatles as they can, um, as we'll get into from guys who stole a part from fucking uh, Bon Jovi. Um,
0: <laughs> well, Coca-Cola assumed them for a song on their first record called Shaker Maker. Uh, so mm-hmm. they, they they ripped off Coca-Cola, and, they're, and, they, and they, they don't make no bones about it. So... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? He's, he's certainly got his antics, but I gotta tell you, um, none of this means fuck all to me. Like I could really I be know. bothered. Like, I don't know, maybe in context, it was funnier. It's, it's not doing anything for me right now, buddy. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's okay. Are, are any of these doing anything for you? No, no. I mean like
1: it, it speaks to their drug use. It stre- speaks to their, their arrogance and why people don't like them as people. <laughs> um, I mean it explains a lot of that. It explains, you know, and and probably why a lot of people got turned off of them and their music. Because you did pull, you know, you put a great little set list together for me Thank that you, spans sir. their career. And you gotta ask yourself, well, if the quality of music has stayed the same, why has the listenership followed off fallen off? And it's quite possibly because they're fucking assholes. <laughs>
0: So people got fatigued by them. Well, uh, yeah. Just to let you know, I still have more quotes here.
1: Oh fuck! All right,
0: <laughs> we're, we're getting to the good stuff. I promise. So this okay. is this is the last Liam quote where this is about his brother. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: while we was still alive why not make it happen you know what I mean there are no conditions I sing with songs you stand over there but that's when it was fucking good wasn't it? when he started so I, when he was after my job it all went downhill a bit you know what I mean <laughs> stand over there play a couple of a couple of backing vocals and let me do like it you know what I mean Maybe he
0: sings them like Dolly Parton so he's saying that he's got to stand over there sing his songs not take his job and he sings them like Dolly Parton that's what he's saying about his own brother
1: wow I mean sure uh, it's. i mean it's we've established he's a piece of shit right i mean we could do this all night if you want
0: we're
1: not really getting any anywhere new so i think
0: it's a shtick a little bit if you ask me but you think so maybe 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 not the I feud know. i think the food fu- the feud is legit if you watch the story you know mm-hmm. the, the dad who was i guess not overly nice and sometimes uh physically I think abusive took out a lot more on Noel than he did on Liam. So, I mean, they they each have their own path. Uh, Let's, let's wrap up the quotes. I got two more here. So I'm going to end with, um, this is now Noel on Liam. He says he's rude, arrogant, imitating, and lazy. He's the angriest man you'll ever meet. He's like a man with a fork in a world full of soup. See
1: that. I like that line. That's a great, but you can tell that he's the songwriter.
0: Yeah. Right. 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 Right.
1: Um, (laughs) I, I, mean, I, I agree with him. Yeah. And thank you for not making fun of his fans. Yeah. Guess. R-
0: right. Right.
1: So.
0: And I find that less with Noel. And now I'm going to leave you with one more, which mm-hmm. could be making fun of his fans. But I, I felt that this was, uh, this was top form right there. And let me, sure. let me get this one ready. Um, this is him. This is him on the show, Jim Jeffries. And he's talking about uh, uh, Maroon 5. No oh, and I can
2: start our what fans do you like now? Guitar bands are shite these days. So we're in this bar in in Hollywood after a, after a gig, and this guy said, excuse me, can you he, can he just come and say, that's my friend, is a really big fan. And he's like, hey man, um, really inspired me to play and all that, I just wanna say, and I was going, oh, what band are you said, he said, I'm in the bass player in Maroon 5, and I'm in Maroon 5, <laughs> f***ing shit. How the f*** have you got Maroon
0: 5 from what I'm doing? <laughs> there you go. So do you want me to actually respond to that? <laughs> Did you think it was funny?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. I hope that he actually said that to the guy in Maroon 5. I
0: know, or is he just saying it for the story?
1: Or is he just saying it for the story? Because I would have loved to have heard about the guy, the bass player from Maroon 5 breaking his nose, which he would have <laughs> deserved. Um, but the same, again, I'm going to bring you back to that Venn diagram uh, of people who buy Oasis records that have also bought Maroon Five records, and guess what, buddy? Not a lot of separation in that list. You make garbage music too.
0: So. Or, or people who? Um, what about this? Or people who listen and have been inspired by Oasis start bands like Maroon Five, right? I mean, yeah. Was- what's that say about
1: you, dickhead?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, your songwriting inspired me to want to slit my
0: wrists. <laughs> Oh man so that that was the quote uh, for for playing along and I uh you know you, you saw it here folks unscripted that's the way we wanted it
1: Yeah um you know, now I'm upset I made such a positive fucking review of this record. I am uh, I hate these guys now. Again, <laughs> here's how you can turn people off by being a shitty human being and writing decent music.
0: So, that's oh, all right. Man. So, here we go. So, I want to give some context, of course, Mark, to the tracks I sele- selected Yeah. each one of these. I'll tell you, of course, why I chose where it's from, why I chose it overall, and why I put it in the position of the playlist. Everyone here has to- heard both of us, right, before talk about the position of the songs me mark have have made several references to that
1: yeah we're kind of obnoxious with
0: it yeah same here same here we're we're really really tenacious with it right so i omitted tracks from what's the story morning glory as it's probably the album that you're most familiar with as you Mm -hmm. said i went from the first album definitely maybe uh be here now the third album B sides, and a couple of tracks from the later albums and there are some tracks where i added in the demo version with Noel singing because I happen to like it better now this is one where that could have harmed me more than you know uh more so than not um but I took a chance on that and um as opposed to keeping the studio version with Liam so um let's let's go you ready man I'm ready when you are, brother. All right. So I will introduce the first track, tell you where it's from, my reasoning, and putting it on the playlist, all that good stuff. So we have the track Acquiesce. Acquiesce was released on April 24th, 1995 as a B-side to the single. some might say. So I selected this track because I love the transition from Liam singing the verses to Noel's chorus. It's super simple and catchy. Uh, could have easily, to me, been on What's the Story, When in Glory. I love the lines. I don't know what it is. It makes me feel alive. Again, the chorus, because we need each other. I love it. It's simple again, but it works. I put it first on the B-Sides album because, uh, I'm sorry, I put it first because on their B-Sides album, The Master Plan, it's first. So I thought, hey, why not? So Mark, your thoughts.
1: The intro to this is, is cool. Cause it, it really sets that tone for this will not be, um, a typical album. And, and I really appreciate that, that there's a lot of thought into what's happening. Uh, and I really like that intro for that. I dug the kind of straightforward rock number, uh, tambourine doesn't feel forced here. I usually have a problem with tambourine where it's like, you're trying to mask something, but it, it yeah. really fits in well with the groove. Um, you know, It's a simple chorus for sure, uh, but it's effective. Uh, They don't beat it to death or try to make more out of it than it is, uh, which is a common theme for me. Um, Excuse me, this is going to be a common theme for me, Um, but the length on this song is just entirely too long. Could have shaved easily a full minute off the back end of this, and, and I'd be a happy guy with it.
0: There you go. There you go. So that's the first track. Now, usually we alternate, but I took the lead here, Mark, if you don't mind, because I made this track list for you. So that's kind of the flow. Um, And he's going to set up all the yada, yada, yada with it. Yeah, and there's a lot of yada, yada too, man. A little bit. (laughs) So here we go. Track two is My Big Mouth. This is from the band's third album, Be Here Now. It's position second, so on the actual album. So I thought it fit well here. I went back and forth with giving you this studio version or the demo version with Noel singing, but... This one is a little bit more produced, so I went with this one. The guitars here are super loud and almost drains the vocals at times. Uh, the lyrics, again, simple and ironic because my big mouth, ha we just listened to quotes of them. They have a big mouth. Uh, it's got a normal rock structure, but I think it's a really good rock number. What, what about you, man?
1: You know, wow. I wasn't expecting any aggressive guitars. I really wasn't. Um, you know, Lyrically, I think it's, it's kind of cool. I like this line. Um, I ain't never spoke to God. I ain't never been to heaven. Uh, I dig it. Uh, this kind of honesty out of a band that kind of comes across uh, historically is, is almost a little sugary. Totally. Um, uh, and, and I like this one for sure. Um, I'm not mad at it. Again, let's cut the last minute or two off and I'm happy.
0: And you'd be happy. Yeah. But, and, and, the- those loud guitars that you were mentioning, the aggressiveness, mm-hmm. I, I thought would be up your alley. So that's another reason yeah. to, I wanted to add. No, fair
1: enough. Hey, play to your audience, man.
0: That's you, my friend. Kiss <laughs>
1: my ass with this song choice is all you want. <laughs> so, uh, Next. track three, you
0: ready? Track three is Supersonic, released on August 1994. It's the band's debut single off the first album, Definitely Maybe. It said that Noel wrote this quickly, wrote this quickly Excuse me, in the studio based on the jam that they had and, and what we are hearing actually um was never remixed so they they did it never remixed uh, it took me a while back in the day to get into this song. I had a hard time getting past Liam's drawn-out delivery, uh, but his vocals were on point and the lyrical nonsense, which I assume is drug-related, I really enjoy. I know a girl called Elsa. She's in Talco She sniffs it through a cane on a supersonic train. Uh, I, I like that. Uh, what really grabbed me about the song is when you break down the chorus. From a writing standpoint, that transition to me, it, it's really special and the melody is so good. When you hear Noel do it acoustic nowadays with the high flying birds to me it's something biblical Uh, i put it third because i thought the drum intro was a nice change and since it was their first single for listening purposes to me it made sense in my head so what do you think of supersonic
1: yeah i like the placement of the song here as far as your playlist goes and you're right the the intro plays well with the two tracks we just heard Uh, i'm usually not a fan of such a heavy Rhyme scheme, but it works with right. what sounds like his drugged, slurred style of singing. At times, um, you feel like he's doing whatever Alka Seltzer is, right along with her, and and he's enjoying the ride. Uh, it works, cool song. Uh, I like that clapping on the outro. As me well.
0: too. Me too. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad you dug. Glad you dug it. Number four is the importance of being idle. This is actually from one of their later albums, from Don't Believe the Truth, released on eight twenty-five, two 2005 It was a single, some heralded as the last great single before the breakup. Uh, what I like about it is Noel's single, of course, the uh, A minor strummed intro, the kinks vibe. It's kind of Noel's signature sound that he would spawn off on the first album with the high-flying birds. In fact, one of their first singles has a very, very similar vibe to it. I placed it fourth here because it tones it down for a second. Um, and with the, as far as the overall, the the temperature feel of the track and features a different vocalist. So I said, well, let me change things up a little bit. Uh, what'd you think about this song?
1: Yeah, so far I'm really digging the way you've structured the playlist. Um, not too crazy about the tone here. It feels a bit like they plugged into an effect sound box called Sergeant Pepper, uh, with a big. Uh, kind of booming drum sound the I think that's a mandolin in there somewhere yeah and like the kind of the jangly nature of the song Uh, I'm not crazy about the song Uh, my least favorite so far probably
0: okay yeah yeah no absolutely man and like I said I take full responsibility for the placement of these yeah you fucking better and selection and yes I will I think we're going to be redeemed with the next track, which is "Bring It On Down" from the first album. Oh. Definitely, maybe uh, this was not a single, and I think it's mo- probably the most aggressive that the band has ever gotten. I'm not saying this is anywhere. Listen, I'm not saying this is anywhere near punk. However, there's a certain attitude to them, and this song. Uh, I mean, really, what's the difference between Johnny Ron and Liam Gallagher, in particular, attitude-wise? I don't know. They're both pissed off, horrible we're- people. Talk. <laughs> And they constantly talk smack. Uh, I think the song is a nice showcase that the band could crank things up with some slight speed uh, and the outclass, the underclass that really resonates, I think, with the way he's singing it. Uh, I put it here because of um, how it's the last song kind of slowed things down a little bit. And now we're starting to get to that middle. So we're, we're going to tone things back. And I wanted to give you a really nice punchy number. What you, do you think about this? Yeah, I'm definitely
1: digging that kind of double tap floor Tom rhythm that they've got going on there Uh, with the guitar. It really works. Um, It's cool. I wish they hadn't uh, modulated his voice in sections because I don't think he's ever picked up like a bullhorn to say anything of meaning in his life without sounding disingenuous. That said, it's kind of cool to hear them have something to say about the class system so fraught in English history. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that they have an opinion about anything and it's not about doing drugs is, is nice. Um, I would have liked to, uh, a little more focus uh, on that piano that kind of really doesn't come into, like, the back half of the song. I thought it was a good part, but it was just wasted on another outro that's just entirely too long. Um, but otherwise, I thought it was a pretty cool song.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one that you have to dig in a little bit, but uh, it's, it's really it's a really cool track. Um, Six we get uh, Talk Tonight Now this was released On April 24th 95 As another B-side As some might say So when I bought that disc Which I have Somewhere around here uh, There's multiple B-sides And Talk Tonight Was one of them This was one of my favorite Oasis songs Why? Well it is not was sorry uh, well it's one of the first songs I knew how to play and sing on acoustic guitar so I have a little bit of an affinity to that I really like the opening E minor chord which sets the tone for Noel singing uh, it's about the band almost breaking up and he befriends someone and she was able to talk him off the ledge so to speak so talk tonight in concept is simple but goes a long way when it comes to life and needing to vent uh, for all the crappy talks I think this showcase is really a softer side and perhaps a gentler side uh, that's, and that's a beautiful thing when you Music and musicians could do that. Uh, what's cool is Paul Weller, Paul Weller uh, from the jam live uh, will play this song uh, on the keys while Noel no singing it on a acoustic guitar. And there's a more recent kind of rock version of the song that he plays with the high-flying birds. I placed it here because it's almost the transition for this playlist from the first half to the second half. So on vinyl, this would be the last track, right? And on the first side. Um, sure. I'm not saying um, that you know, this is a song I would strive to write when I sit down with an acoustic guitar. So this to me is a really special song. What about you, Mark?
1: Yeah, I like this as an acoustic number for sure. Um, It feels personal and very introspective. If you hadn't told me about uh, the band possibly breaking up and how that played into us, I I, I would have never known, which I kind of love when people can point you in a direction with the song and let your imagination take you to wherever you think it's going, wherever you yeah, think it's, it's suggesting. But really the artist has their eyes kind of cast a different direction. Um, and it has a different meaning for, for the band entirely. Um, so I, I really dug that aspect of it. Um, I thought it was a nice song, great position here to end the first half of the the playlist. Definitely. Um, you know, as we're getting ready to turn the record over, um, you're thinking, Oh, what could be next? So great job on your Your uh, your part there, Frank.
0: Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. So we flip the vinyl over and we get the first track on on side two. Now this track called "Fade In Out." It almost didn't make it. Uh, There was a lot back and forth for me on this, so I I I had to take the chance again. I thought of when you flip the vinyl over to side two that a song like this would be a good way Mm -hmm. to start the second half off. As I already mentioned, the song from the third album, "Be Here Now," which I think is my favorite of theirs, and. Um, most of course don't agree. So obviously that fits, that fits the bill for me. Uh, Johnny Depp is actually playing slide guitar on here. So that's, that's, yeah. Uh, I've could have also given you the demo version with no on lead, but again, I felt that this was more produced. It, I, I'm not saying it may, it does go on way too long. And, um, What I know about the album and them being high, it makes sense on the length, to be honest with you. Um, I got this there, I want to say, kind of an almost wanted dead or alive feel to it. Uh, But for a band that's British and they primarily like British bands, um, you know, that come, you know, and they like what comes on their side of the pond. I think it's interesting that we have this track with some American influences, at least I think. Um, I do like the chaotic nature of this at the end where it all seems to come together. And this is a chance I know I took. So Mark, what's your thoughts on the song?
1: Well, first I want to ask, um, was Johnny Depp still playing on the demo? Do you know if there was Johnny Depp's slide guitar was on the demo as well? Was that a factor?
0: That's a good question, and I could find that out for you in one second.
1: Oh, that's all right. Uh, so to answer your question, the intro to this sounds like Sergeant Pepper meets Slippery When Wet, and I hate it. <laughs> I like the vibe of it once it kind of gets up and going uh, into that really kind of cool rock part, but there's right. a whole lot of waiting to get there um, that I could just really do entirely without the first like two and a half minutes of the song. Uh, as far as the placement goes, it, it does work in terms of you know, you're flipping that record over and you're getting this um, hey, the B side's not going to be the A side. We went for something crazy. We're really stretching. Uh, what we can do in the uh, in the recording booth in the studio, and we're gonna we're gonna challenge our listeners for that. I think it's a good placement as a song. I think it's garbage.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm gonna eat that one. I don't see here on the to be honest with you on the demo that he's on there, so uh, it might not have might not have mattered either way if I gave you the, the demo or that. And that one sure. was the chance, and I took a chance on that. So I'm I'm willing to say. The good news is
1: it's not the only song I hate, so. Oh, uh, there you
0: go. <laughs> no, it's good. Go ahead. Scally, Scallywag. Next week, The Meaning of Soul, which is from 2005's Don't Believe the Truth. Uh, it's a super short term, uh, tune, and it's actually written by Liam. This is when the band, after the band's fourth, fourth album, the songwriting credits, expanded past Noel. here. All members started contributing. The album also features Zach Starkey, Ringo's son On drums I think it's one of Liam's best vocal deliveries I love the bare acoustic guitar Here and the super drums And then the simple drums Excuse me They're pretty super though They are pretty super, right I think the harmonies On the chorus are well done And for some reason We have a more controlled Vocal tone here With a little edge For a song that's only A minute and 43 seconds long I think it's one that shows Immense growth And a different formula For them The harmonica at the end Adds a nice touch as well Um, It's done before you know it But to me serves a purpose. So I I always like this song. What about you, man?
1: Yeah, I won't be complaining about the length of this song.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um,
1: no, actually I dig this tune. Uh it starts pretty fast and just just builds and builds, which is really cool. Uh, I would have liked to see them kind of take it over the top, uh, because there is just a lot of building. Um but you know what for such a short song for being so different. Um I really like it. I think it's cool. It's like no other Oasis song I've I've heard before. And Possibly my favorite track up to this point uh, oh. with that kind of cool harmonica solo that if I'm being honest kind of falls apart after the first few notes, but it's still cool that they, they took the chance there. And, and I thought that was a cool number.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always a tune. I think is re- really, really cool. Yeah. Um, track nine. I hope, I think I know this is the uh, mystique demo. So there is a, I hope, I think I know studio version on be here now with Liam singing. This is the demo. Um, Yo, Again, this is when I rolled the dice on much like my Big Mouth. Again, I was considering the Liam version but went with Noel here. I think the vocals are... His vocals are better suited for this song. It was never released as a single, um, and I think that this is just kind of the Oasis brand rock formula that, to me, works. I felt that after the last two tracks, it would be nice to return to a rock song, which is why I placed it here. Uh, It's not doing anything groundbreaking at all, but it was a great way of transitioning from verse to chorus, and that's why, after so many years, this song actually ranks high as far as... Uh, popular tunes from Oasis that weren't singles. And it's a tune I have always dug from them. So uh, again, I could have given you the studio version, but I went with this one here. What do you think?
1: Song is super middle of the road for me. Uh, It neither grabs me nor does it kind of turn me off. Right. You know, his vocals and lyrics are fine. The guitar work and solo work fine. The rhythm sections doing what rhythm sections do. Uh, More non-distracting tambourine. It's fine. Right. It's just there. It's Yeah, I mean, I I think it's interesting um, of their entire catalog. um, What are we talking, five, six albums? Six? Six albums, uh, a couple dozen B-sides. I'm sure there's some acoustic stuff, an unplugged album. A lot of stuff. Still found a way to... Jam a song and that's just completely middle of the road.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny too, you know, and you could actually do a whole list on uh, clips where, although they they talk and rave about their songs, there's a whole. Noel in particular, though, those somewhere he'll be like, "Yeah, I, I I didn't write a good one there." So,
1: <laughs> which is funny because later on we're gonna get to how he doesn't write boring songs, but
0: right, right on the master plan, right, right. Uh here we have uh ten songbird. Uh, this was released in two thousand three off the fifth album, Heathen Chemistry. Again we have Liam here with a very sincere vocal performance and he wrote this one again, which is a lot of what I why I put that on here. Uh listen, he's not his brother as far as songwriting talents goes. It's evident after the bland, after the band split, his solo stuff. Uh, compared to Knowles in my opinion Is is just Knowles is way superior So he's the guy who sings And that's his role in the band And I think he played that well However this is a short song again And it shows that he's capable of writing To me a good tune It's simple and direct I placed it here because it's the last Calm toned down song Before the final two tracks on the list Mark what about Songbird?
1: Uh, I think Oasis is a band that has no place Naming an album heathen anything But let's move think. on very big. um this number feels really generic and unexciting to me uh, it's clean arrangement and all the parts work even if there is probably more than the need to be to be quite honest mostly the keyboard piano organ possibly the second shortest track on here and it still 100% could have been a minute less in length there's there there's just not much to there's a lot of parts to it none of them do anything that is either exciting or I mean, honestly worth talking about. Like this to me just feels like that generic thing that a band that's supposed to be the next Beatles had to write a song called songbird. And by the time they got to it, they were out of gas. So,
0: so the song is too generic for you basically.
1: Yeah, it it really is. It's too like, you know, Oasis mayonnaise.
0: (laughs) That's a good quote. Thank you. All right, track 11 here. We have Slide Away. This is from the debut album again. The song is consistently ranked as their top song by many fans. It's, to me, a mix of slight grunge, a little heavier rock, almost a modern Beatles feel. And I I feel the they were to take the Beatles song, which is an underrated Beatles track, I Want You from Abbey Road, and expand on that sound and bring it into the 90s, we might have some elements of Slide Away. It's Paul McCartney's favorite Oasis song. Uh, it's a really endearing song that, again, to me makes it even better coming from the egos of, of both the Gallagher brothers uh, slide away in concept is nothing crazy and innovative, but maybe it doesn't have to be, uh, there's certain lyrics that you could just take from it. Like a dream of you. And we talked of growing old, but you said, please don't A line like that shows that you, you don't have to bust out the dictionary and the source to write lyrics like I do, but it's more about the proper word placement. Uh, I think it's touching and, and there's, um, you know, there's a less rock and more intimate version on Spotify with no on lead. But to me, I, I think this is one of their better tunes. What, what about you and Slide Away?
1: Yeah, this song sounds genuine in its lyrical content, um, which is a pleasant change from some of the, you know, intentional, uh, overly drugginess people expect from them. Um, whatever Slide Away means uh, to him and whomever he's singing to or singing for feels personal like that person knows what the slide away is. And you and I can assume it's just, you know, sliding out the back door without saying goodbye to everybody else, totally. but it's clearly an inside thing between him and somebody else. And you, it picks up that intimacy really well. I, I think I dig it easily twice as long as it needs to be, but it's good.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yes. <laughs> and, and here we go with the, with the last track. Uh, number 12 is the master plan uh, released as a B side from Wonderwall. Uh, to me. A bit that this is a freaking b-side i mean come on noel claims it's one of the best songs he's ever written and regrets that it was released as a b-side um the the records uh creation records boss alan mcgee said the song was too good to be a b-side and gallagher replied saying i don't write shit songs <laughs> there you go mark but it was we, we get an orchestra and, and he'll admit it too but i guess at that point he wasn't writing shit songs <laughs> we get an orchestra here uh giving it a very rich sound uh to me it's an uplifting song and i think the music fits the vibe and the message uh when he's saying, we're all part of a master plan. Everything seems to amplify more. And to me, that's really good song structure and composition. Uh, the solo parts here, uh, you know, you have some late Beatles vibe to it. And at the end, you can hear Noel sing, uh, singing the chorus of Octopus's Garden. Uh, I, I think that's a dramatic end to a song, and a great way to end a playlist. And on the B-Sides album titled The Master Plan, it's the last song. And that's why I put that here. Mark, Master Plan.
1: So I really dig the musical intro. Uh, not that talking part uh, at the beginning. Um, right, right. And the first verse. Uh, so I like the first verse, but once we get to the chorus, it, it falls right apart for me. Um, why are we still using all this extra reverb on the guitar? The lyrics are, are hokey and feel cheap um, with this gorgeous orchestral arrangement behind it. Um, I get why this was a B-side and not a single. It's a fucking shit song. Beyond being five minutes <laughs> long, there's no hook. The song ends and we're thinking about, uh, we're, we're not thinking about great lyrics you just you, know, you just heard. Um, or that, look. Like, oh, it's so pretty and personal. Um, I, I was disinterested by the end because it just carries on for so long. And you feel bored and you can feel the band being bored and singing Octopus's Garden as though they'd rather be doing something else. Um,
0: like being in this, an octopus's garden?
1: Right. It feels like uh, just a complete waste of a beautiful orchestra.
0: So this is one, and and, and I respectfully, of course, disagree, but this is one to you sure. that you, the orchestra, that really moved you. You liked the music and yeah, thought, wish, you kind of wish everything else just went in another direction.
1: <laughs> you know, I liked the introduction to it. Like musically, the the intro was cool. Um, I liked the reverb on the guitar, but at a certain point, you got to cut that pedal right? and play the guitar and it doesn't happen. And when it does happen, it's way too late. Got it. And, we're, and it, the whole thing, because they have this big, gorgeous sound behind them, you're doing all these cheap tricks that just don't, that don't serve the purpose here. That's why this was a B side. I'm sorry. His record executive didn't have the balls to tell him he wrote a fucking bad song, <laughs> like and spent all this money on an orchestra that he didn't need. Like, it's a beautiful part. They, they completely wasted
0: it. <laughs> That's funny. You know, what's funny is one of the biggest songs ever. And, and there's a clip of them talking about it, um, about the creation of their greatest hits album and Wonderwall, which this was a B side to wonder wall. When they get to the song, Wonderwall, wall, no, no Like it's not the best song and think about how massive that song was. Sure. Um, and then he says a song like this is, is one of the best. So it's interesting how people who write these songs, you know, kind of rank them in their own head. Um, <laughs> Regardless, well, that's the end I, I I put 12 songs, I didn't think we needed any more Especially, you know, this is not a punk band So the songs are going to be longer, obviously So, there you go So, let's do some final thoughts here, Mark So, I, I'm not ashamed to admit That they were once that band for me for a while I, I did hop on the trends and denied Then I liked them um, When I was, you know 18, 19, when I was getting into punk It's like Simon Peter, right? Denying uh, Jesus, it's like, do you like them? No, 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 I, I don't, I don't <laughs> As years have progressed My musical tastes of course They expanded as you know past punk And I find myself writing different style tunes And I realize how high quality Some of these songs are And the band as a concept and the roles played Were delivered well Uh, You know, Liam was meant to sit there and sing And Noel was destined for stage right with the guitar Uh, But it was Noel's writing to me That really struck a chord, no pun intended With me, Uh, songs like Talk Tonight, Supersonic Master Plan, to me They're really special tunes and and they make no Obviously, they make no bones about it. Uh, they weren't punk. But, man, that attitude they had is, is really, you know, th- maybe they're a rock and roll version of it. I, I find them particularly to be hilarious, as I mentioned, with their quotes. I think it's a shame that the heat between them is so great that they can't even reunite. So God knows what goes on in, in their world. And I, I feel for their mother. Um, so there's a generation of fans that would love to hear these songs again. However, we get no Gallagher's high flying birds, which are super experimental. And I enjoy, I can't say I like Liam's solo work with BDI and his solo album. So to me, the proof is in the pudding as to, I think the more talented brother. And I really covet Noel as a songwriter and he's in my top 10 for sure. So that's my, yeah, yeah. That's my final thoughts. Mark, what about you?
1: I think surprisingly to both of us, uh, I didn't hate this playlist you made. Yay! Um, you know, you did a great job of, of certainly layering the tones, the tempos, and you paced it out very well. So it's, it's a, it didn't get monotonous or boring really at any point, even when I was angry at it. Um, unsurprisingly, I did find it just a bit long. Although, I think you made uh, quality song choices for it. Uh, collectively, the songs were just much longer than, than I would have liked. I, I mean, in all honesty, this playlist, when you guys get it at home, clocks in right at about 50 minutes. Um, and for me, I think you could have easily shaved uh, a minute to a minute and a half off of every song except for the song that's a minute and 40 seconds. Um, nice. And you'd be out of this in a tight 40, and it'd be, it'd be a lot more pleasurable. Uh, but that's just me. Um, you know, I guess it's kind of on par for that 90s rock sound to have that length of an album, right? We did Figdish last week, and my number one complaint about that thing was that it was just entirely too entirely. long. Entirely, yeah. Um, this had that just too long feeling to it. But, you know, 12 tracks isn't an unreasonable playlist. Uh, it's not an unreasonable length of an album. Um, you know, I don't really see me re-listening to this whole thing, though if sure. being honest with you. Yeah. I would definitely recommend people check it out. Uh, if nothing else, the first half of this thing is fucking awesome. Uh, and track eight, The Meaning of Soul, um, which was m- my favorite track overall. Great job, Frank.
0: Thank you, man. Thank you. And you know, as, as you were talking about the yeah. link, I think subconsciously when I added The Meaning of Soul, which I knew was going to go on uh, before I I even had... The idea for the track list because uh, I because I loved it and Songbird now they're two of the shortest so I think subconsciously that's how they also made it on there because they're just two minutes in length uh, because I I realized too that a lot of those tracks were um were longer and again I try to make it flow like a record so at the very least if I had at least a playlist to you that flowed reasonably well whether you like to dislike the songs hey man I'll take it that's a win in my book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. And, and if I can, the, the first track and the the last track were off the same B-sides, correct?
0: Correct. The same yeah. compilation. And they were positioned so, like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what's interesting is if, if you're like me and you just put playlists on repeat because you're doing a bunch of stuff and you just want to make sure you don't miss anything. So you listen to it in repetition. The transition there is perfect. And that's one of like, if I really wanted to break your balls about this, not all the songs line up with each other in terms of the sonically transitioning from one to the other. Right. However, you really hear it when the thing ends and then all of a sudden it picks back up there into that go. first track and you go, Oh wow. It sounds like they meant to do that. And it's just cause Frank cheated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this. Um, I, go ahead for the listeners at home. Uh, I, I certainly couldn't do it. Why don't you rank the Oasis albums for us? Well, okay. The definitive check out this record. Oasis album ranking because I could give a shit. So, after
0: you. All right. Well, I'm going to say my favorite is "Be Here Now," uh, which okay. is one after "What's the Story Morning Glory." It's the one that's not the not the, the most widely popular among fans. By but I, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. Again, it's druggy. It's got a lot of uh, longer tunes. Do you know what I means on there all around the world? Uh, I I just like it from start to finish. That one is my favorite. Then I'm going to go to the debut album, definitely maybe. Uh, I, I think that's one of the best debut albums uh, between rock and roll stars on there. That's another track you would like to live forever. Still a classic. Uh, Supersonic is great. Bring it on down. Cigarettes and alcohol slide away. Uh, there's another track on there called married with children. Uh, great, great, great album. Uh, from there I can probably then place what's the story morning glory just because of it, it's, I mean, it's listen, wonder wall. Don't look back in anger. Some might say the song morning glory. Um, all those are still classic to me. I just think be here now is a little bit better. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to just rank the studio albums because the, they do have a, you know, again, that B sides album, but I mean, those are B sides. So that's always tough to rank. Um, next, I'm going to go, don't believe the truth. That's the one with um, the, the importance of being idle, which I gave you uh, also the meaning of soul is on there. Um, there's another one called uh mucky fingers and another good. Uh, soul, um single that they had in 2005 called the uh, Lila, so I, I think that's a really good album, kind of brings it back. It brought back a little bit of their uh, American popularity, which I think after their decline here in the States, uh, I don't think the States didn't know what, kind of how to react to them or the fans did, and they just kind of just stayed in England. Um, then we had Heathen Chemistry. I think that's the next one. Uh, I think that's a good tune. That has a songbird, has Little By Little. Um, there's another song called Stop uh, Crying Your Heart Out, Force of Nature. I think that's a good one. Um, their last proper album, they Out Your Soul. And then finally, I'm going to go with the track or the album, 2000 Standing on the Shoulder of Giants. So that's how I would rank them.
1: Cool. Yeah. Cool. Feel free to write, Frank, uh, um, an angry email or text or tweet uh, telling him why he's wrong. Please feel free to leave us a comment and yeah. uh, well, I'm going to post
0: on Instagram. I'm going to post. Yeah. yeah. I'll post like what's your favorite Oasis album and I'll, we'll get some chats going for sure. Yeah.
1: we'll talk about it. Make fun of Frank for his choices in Oasis and his love for them. Please. Um, Please. Lord knows I'm trying, um,
0: <laughs> but he did like the songs folks. I did.
1: Hey, look, he did a great job. We're going to post that playlist for you guys to check out. He did a great job on it. Um, or Hey, tell me I'm wrong. Um, I'm right a big man. boy. I can take it. Uh, you want right. to, You want me to talk about next week?
0: Yeah, so this was my pick. So now, Mark, uh, you bring it on. Yeah,
1: so Frank and I have kind of consciously been trying to do stuff um, non political. We've been trying to create uh, an escape for folks, um, something that allows you to check out of the dumpster fire that is the world around us. Um, But I am, and and probably to my detriment, still very much into punk rock, still very much into. counterculture and and things of that nature. But I wanted to do something that wasn't just, you know, a, a shitty anti-flag album to make Frank listen to. Um I really wanted to give him something to think, something punk rock that would um blend genres in an interesting way and, and keep him engaged because that's really the toughest thing with Frank, right? Is that you've got to find a way to keep him actively listening or he will check right the fuck out. So uh, I picked uh, a band that you're familiar with, but if, if uh, memory serves me, um, you don't know them illicitly. I picked uh, Dead to Me and their 2009 album, African Elephant. Uh, I absolutely love this record. Uh, again, it's a very much a, a, gen, a gender, a genre-blending band um, positioned on the punk rock tip. Um, you know, it's from 2009, so there's not going to be any Trump shit in it. Um, or there's not going to be any, like, abhorrent Trump shit. We, you know, we're not dealing with any of that. Um But I think it's going to make you think. It's going to give you pause. uh Hopefully it'll make you dance a little bit. Hopefully it'll make you angry a little bit. You can work out to it. Um We'll see what you think next week.
0: There you go. I'm anxious. I'm anxious to listen to it. And Mark nailed a couple of things on the head. So let's talk about that because there's just a little bit to unpack there. So number one, yes, you have to keep me engaged. And maybe yeah. there is some ADHD ad going on there or whatever the case is or maybe that's just the way i am i I actually i don't think i have adhd at all but uh you have to you have to keep me engaged and it comes to television you definitely have to keep me engaged because as mark knows i fall asleep to everything so um (laughs) you have to do it i am not adverse at all to listening to um people who sing about stuff that I have different sing of opinions of, we choose not to talk about them on the show. Cause listen, I'm not here to tell anyone how to live their life at all. Everyone is free to live how they want to think and choose how they want. And it, there needs to be something we rally and unify around such as music, as opposed to saying stuff that's going to offend and, and stereotype a whole class of people with a collective crime. Cause to me, that's just dastardly stuff. Anyway, I am open to listening to stuff like this. It makes you think, You have healthy dialogues about it Uh, That doesn't mean the next show is going to be a political show But there will be some things we'll we'll, we'll chat about Absolutely And I I know of the band Uh, They've been suggested on many playlists But you know what? I haven't really sat down and listened to a full album So here I am And I am anxious I am interested to hear about it And we're going to talk about it next week, right?
1: You heard about it Here, folks I gave Frank anxiety
0: There there you go There you go (laughs) There you go. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. And listen, everyone out there, stay safe, stay happy. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. YouTube, listen to, uh, listen to our episodes. Give us a, a rating if you like it five stars. If not, five stars. And uh, to all those out there, stay safe. Mark? Bye bye.